If you're looking for some inspiration, look no further than Rhiannon Trail. As a student at Ryerson University, Rhiannon drew the attention of a founding board member of the Economic Club of Toronto, a prestigious hub for the who's who of Toronto businessmen. She was invited to meet the club's president to talk about an entry-level job. My first day on the job, we were hosting former president of the United States, Bill Clinton. And so for me, it was this feeling of how does, you know, A kid that grew up like me, single mom, we didn't really have a lot, end up in this room at 20, you know, three years old with the former president of the United States. I just, to me, it felt like there was something bigger at play. After six months on the job, Rhiannon worked up the courage to approach the club's CEO about some ideas she'd been working on to modernize the organization. The most beautiful thing, and this is a message that I want to share, is that My ideas were heard. I confidently presented them. I took that chance and they were heard. And um, slowly but surely, I was given the opportunity to start implementing those ideas. And it led me to um, becoming very quickly within the next two and a half years, the vice president of the Economic Club of Canada. When the CEO left the company to run for public office, Rhiannon, at the age of 28, was the next in line to take charge of the club. She's now the president, CEO, and owner of the Economic Club of Canada and is working to attract a more diverse crowd. And I began to um, work very much so in opening up the platform to more young people. So as you know, the Junior Economic Club being, you know, my baby and a piece that I'm really proud of because we've been working with over 40,000 young people across this country to involve them in Um, all levels of discourse, discussion, and opportunity that come through the Economic Club. Rhiannon has been named twice as one of Canada's top 100 most powerful women in business by the Women's Executive Network. On this episode of Run It Like a Girl, hear Rhiannon's incredible journey from her first business venture as a 10-year-old dog walker to becoming one of the most influential figures in Canadian business. Rhiannon Trail on this episode of Run It Like a Girl. So we're really excited today that we have the opportunity to be chatting with Rhiannon Trail, who is the president and CEO of the Economic Club of Canada and someone that I just find so incredibly inspirational. Rhiannon, thank you so much for joining us for an episode of Run It Like a Girl. Thank you so much for having me. It's great. We're just really excited. And I think let's just dive right in. Um, you know, I and we'll talk about it in a bit, but I had the pleasure of, of, uh, of uh, listening to you at um, a WXN event last year talk about some of your experiences. And it was just so great. Um, I'd love maybe we'll start, you know, a bit a bit further back. Tell us about yourself and, and how, you know, your path brought you to to running the economic club. Absolutely. So I grew up in Toronto. Um, I was um, a daughter of a single mom. And so my mom was working really, really hard um, growing up to, to make ends meet for for her and I. And um, I always knew that I had, um, I guess, a passion for creating things. And, and I, I guess I didn't realize at the time, but it was a passion for business and entrepreneurship. Um, out of more necessity than anything else, I started my first business when I was 10 years old, um, which was a dog walking um, and dog training business in my community. And it was really because I wanted to have 
you know, pocket change uh, like all the other kids did. And I also uh, love dogs. So I, I started to do that. And in those days, no one really talked to young girls or women or even young boys about these concepts of entrepreneurship and starting your own business. But it was naturally where I was um, was going when I was younger. I ended up going and studying at Ryerson um, for my undergrad. And it was actually there um, that I was, I guess, I'll put it in air quotes, but discovered by one of the founding board members of the Economic Club of Toronto. I had taken a real um, shine to public policy, um, to political debate, to discussions around big concepts like poverty um, and equality and social justice pieces. And so I was doing a project on my final year at Ryerson, um, and I was speaking publicly at an event at the university about poverty alleviation um, and I was approached by this founding board member of the Economic Club of Toronto, and he asked me if I would be interested when I graduated to come and meet with the president and talk about an entry-level position with the club. I really hadn't heard much about the club, but decided to take the opportunity um, shortly after graduation, went, met with the president, um, and my first day on the job, so I accepted this entry-level job as an event coordinator with them. My first day on the job, we were hosting former president of the United States, Bill Clinton. And so for me, it was this feeling of how does, you know, a kid that grew up like me, single mom, we didn't really have a lot, end up in this room at 20, you know, three years old with the former president of the United States. I just, it, to me, it felt like there was something bigger at play. Um, and, um, and so I decided I was going to be in that role. I was just going to do the best I could, um, in every, in every sense of the word. So if I was data entry, I was doing that with a smile on my face and, and trying to be the best. I, I just wanted to pour all of my enthusiasm into the organization because I really believed in what, um, what we were trying to build and do. Um, and uh, I kept having these ideas pop into my mind um, about how to make things better. Um, and I guess that's that natural entrepreneur in me, that natural innovator. And so, of course, as a young woman, you don't always know your place or when your ideas are going to be heard. And so my 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 idea was to write all of my ideas down so I wouldn't forget any of them, but to really prove and show that I was there to do the work that I was asked to do and that I was going to do a really good job. So I did that for about six months. And then I got off enough courage to ask the CEO if he would meet with me um, after work one day just to hear a few of my ideas. Nervously went in to share some of those with him. And they weren't small ideas. Um, my, my main idea was that I wanted to rebrand um, the entire organization and change it from the Economic Club of Toronto to the Economic Club of Canada copy the model we currently had in Toronto and create a national platform. So he sat back and listened to me. And and the most beautiful thing, and, and this is a message that I want to share, is that my ideas were heard. I confidently presented them. I took that chance, and they were heard. And um, slowly but surely, I was given the opportunity to start implementing those ideas, and it led me to... Um, becoming very quickly within the next two and a half years, the vice president of the Economic Club of Canada. So doing that rebrand, stepping into that role, no one knew that there was this sort of young woman um, behind the face of this very sort of Bay Street institution, uh, boys club, 
but I was there and I was working away and I was figuring out um, what my role was going to be in that, in that place and how I could play and how I could change the way that we were having conversations in this country so that we could be more inclusive and have more women at the table, have more young people at the table. It eventually led to um, the CEO uh, deciding to run for public office. And when he did, I was first in line to be asked to take over the organization. Um, I was nine months pregnant when that all happened and the transition happened. Um, but I stepped into the role and I've been running the organization and now owner um, of the organization for coming up to eight years. So really exciting. Sorry, that was so no. long, but it's... Um, you kind of have to understand the whole thing to understand how I end up taking over this organization that really, um, you know, women were not even in the room, let alone, uh, you know, running an operation like this. Um, so it's just, it's been a really, really interesting full circle. And I've got to say that there are a lot of incredible men out there, ladies that do want to support um, women, the advancement of women, they're out there. So I think that sometimes we talk so much about the fact that, um, you know, as women, we need to we need to come together as this collective force and that we're not supported. But I think in some ways, um, we aren't. And in some ways, we are. And I was lucky enough to have one of those examples. And I've had many along the way of incredible um, men um, who have sponsored, endorsed me, um, supported me in the things that I wanted to do. And, and so um, I, I just, I just want to put that positive message out there that there are men that want to do that too. Absolutely. And I think, I think we need, you know, we need everyone at the table for that conversation to happen, right? It's like we need men who are supportive and, and encouraging and sponsoring women. And I mean, I can see that happening so much and um, so I think I think that's a very important message to get out there. Um, I'd love to talk. So you said you know, um, kind of skipping around a little bit here, but uh, you mentioned you know you were you were pretty young when you when you took over the economic club. Um, and I remember I was I was reading an article, um, and you mentioned that kind of like over sexism, ageism actually had an impact on you. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd love to talk a little bit like that and about, you know, how you made your voice heard and how you you made people take you seriously. Absolutely. So, yes, I was young, like I mentioned to you, when I started at the Economic Club, I was 23 years old. When I took over the organization um, as president and CEO, I was 28, um, currently turning 34 in two weeks. Was hey. um, and so I, um, yeah, I was, I was definitely young to be in the role, especially because most of my clients, colleagues, counterparts were all very senior level business people um, that um, were just, you know, they were much they were much more mature than I was in terms of their career and how long they had been in their respective positions. So on top of being women, um, walking in and being that youngest person in the room, it felt like every single time I walked into a room, I needed to qualify myself in some way. I needed to prove myself in some way. And at first, that was a really intimidating thing for me. And I actually ended up being my own worst enemy because I would become fixated on the idea that as soon as I walked in the room, everyone was looking at me and thinking, how the heck is she here? Like, this doesn't make sense. Why, why is this, you know, young woman here? She, I think also it was the fact that um, I, I, I looked young too. I was presenting young, my voice is young. So it was all of those pieces. 
And I felt like it was really hindering me and that people were really judging me. And, and I have lots of stories of just ridiculous, absurd things happening or, or people uh, saying things that would um, kind of shock you. It, it definitely, um, I think, uh, took its toll. And so for a while, I um, struggled deeply trying to figure out how do I present older? What can I wear? What can I do? I was walking around with fake glasses on at one point um for about a year there i don't need glasses but i was wearing glasses and i was trying everything and i realized um this is so ridiculous like i got to the point where i was so exhausted with my own self and what i was trying to do and i thought you know what i'm here for a reason I'm young for a reason in this position. I see things differently. I'm bringing a different perspective and a perspective that is so valuable when I think of all of the people that are in my cohort um, who may not be in a position where they feel that their voice is fully heard yet, but their ideas matter so much as we continue to grow and evolve at the pace that we do with technology and innovation and disruption and all of these different things. And so instead of fighting against it, I decided to change my attitude and embrace it. And what that meant for me was walking into a room and knowing, hey, I have to prove myself. Awesome. Because that means that maybe I'm a trailblazer here. Maybe I'm the first person in the room that, you know, has got to present to this board or, or present an idea to this group of people who don't normally see someone that looks like me, who talks like me, who walks like me. And maybe, just maybe, if I can show them exactly who I am, exactly why I'm here, that I'm so um, incredibly confident and good at what I do, hence I'm in the position, um, that maybe I can also open other doors for other people if I take that attitude and that the next time that a young person, man or woman, walks into this boardroom, they're going to be seen differently because someone's going to have a, a place and a term of reference that age and gender and, you know, the color of our skin or where we come from, these things don't matter in the way of incredible ideas, hard work, dedication, that we need all voices and all people at the table. And so once I stepped into that power, it was huge for me. And I began to um, work very much so in opening up the platform to more young people. So as you know, the Junior Economic Club being, you know, my baby and a piece that I'm really proud of because we've been working with over 40,000 young people across this country to involve them in um, all levels of discourse, discussion, and opportunity that come through the economic club. Um, and it's been a really amazing thing when you transform your own self and self forth what happened. I think that's an amazing way of looking at it. And I like, I, I think that, you know, it provides so much inspiration to so many others um, to kind of, you know, give you the, the confidence to just give your ideas, go for what you want, and really, you know, drive your own career forward um in terms of the junior economic club so how do how do people get involved with that like how to how do young people sign up or take part so for so for the most part right now most of our programming is targeted towards um high school level students we've just started doing a few things for university level students as well through the junior economic club um, but any young person who's interested in getting involved um, can go to our website, theeconomicclub.ca, and there's um, our email addresses are there, and you can email us about um, getting involved with the Junior Economic Club if you're in high school or just transitioning into university. If you are a university student, we open our economic 
club event to students um, at no charge. Um, so students have access to everything that we do on the senior platform. And then marquee events like when we just brought in Michelle Obama in November or we just recently partnered with Luminato to bring in Amal Clooney, um, we donate a large capacity of tickets to young people and youth so that they can be at those tables right with the senior executive leadership in this country um, so that their ideas, their, their exchange can be heard um, and that they can start to get comfortable using their voice and their power to make change now as opposed to waiting. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. So, so being in this position, I mean, you're in a, in a, a huge position of, of opportunity and, um, you know, the, the ability to change, change lives and lead. Um, what is being, I would love to know your kind of leadership within your own team and with the community. What does it mean to be an authentic leader? Um, for me, that is a question that I think about all of the time. And to be an authentic leader, I think, is to be an authentic person, first and foremost. And so we all have to be true to ourselves. For me, I've always been somebody who is um, pretty pretty emotional. Like I feel people's feelings. I feel, I feel my own feelings. I feel other people's feelings. And so my team and the way that I lead is really having that open dialogue with everyone. I, I hate the idea of, you know, you leave your personal life at the door when you step into the office. I don't believe that that's true. I think we all carry everything that we're going through all the time in all places. So instead of asking people to pretend um, that, you know, they're not going through a hard time or they're not going through an incredibly exciting time, um, I think it's important that we just inter, um, interfuse all of those things together. So for me, that means that if I'm having something that's happening in my life, that I'm sharing that with the team so that they understand why I may be, you know, not in that week as much or maybe, you know, why I'm, you know, closing my door and getting down to business with work a little more and not being the same lively self just so that they know. I think that that's important. Um, for me, you know, authentic leadership is being true to the core of what you believe and and being bold enough to do those things. I've been in many positions many times where we've had a big client or someone who there's a big relationship with who's asked us to take on a project or do something that in my heart I knew wasn't right. Um, and I don't mean right that it was but maybe right for the vision and what we're trying to build. And so really being able to say no sometimes and to be able to stand up for what you believe in and really think about what you're trying to do, that every action when you're in a, a public position, every action that you take, um, you're sending a message to people. So what's that message going to be? I think that we have to be responsible for those things. Um, and I think that the idea of, you know, just because someone's your boss or in a leadership position means that they're perfect and they have everything together is not the case. There are things that I am incredibly good at and there are things flat out suck at suck at needs so much support and help and so it's asking for that help it's surrounding yourself with people that are better than you um, at things and and being okay with that and inviting that in because that's how you build a strong team it's it's all about the collective it isn't about the individual I think you're right. Everyone's better in like two, you know, groups are better than one. The best ideas are built through uh, through collaboration and uh, 
So I'd love to chat a little bit then, and you kind of alluded to it earlier on uh, about mentorship and, you know, what mentorship uh, means to you as kind of some of the mentors you've had, but also now um, what what you do in terms of mentorship, like things like the Junior Economic Club of Canada. Mm -hmm. So I think that mentorship is incredibly important, but I also think that we we overemphasize membership or, or mentorship sometimes in the wrong way, especially to women and especially to young women, because I've met a lot of young women who have this like, and I was there too. I was in a place where I was like desperate to have these mentors and like almost like throwing myself at people. <laughs> and, and it's, I think a mentorship in order for mentorship to really, really work um, and be authentic and be functional. It has to be, there has to be um, um, a receptive sort of um, exchange where both parties are getting something out of the relationship. And so I would say rather than focusing on finding a mentor that maybe has like the perfect title or the perfect position, focus on finding someone that you just genuinely connect with. And um, I think that that is just so, so important that you have a genuine connection with someone and that you can go to a place where there's honest and open advice. I have friends who are not in my industry whatsoever, um, who have been incredible mentors to me, just helping me to bounce ideas and whatever else. I also think sponsorship is incredibly important. So finding those people within your organization or within your professional network who are willing to stand up and say, you know, Rhiannon is a talented leader or, you know, Jane is great at X, Y, and Z. I think you need people who are willing to go out in public and and stand up for the work that you do and who you are. It's incredibly valuable. For me, at this point, I have many, many mentees that I'm working with, um, and it got to the point where I felt like there was there was so many people that I, I was feeling connected with and inspired to work with and to support that I started um, a new um, a new opportunity. It's called our EC Economic Club Girl Gang. So we have meetings uh, once a month, um, and I bring all of the different um, women who have inspired me or who I've met either that month or within the year, and we bring them together. It's all complimentary, but it's basically a solid um, opportunity for women to come together to be inspired to um, be mentored to talk about important issues that are impacting not only the world our careers our family life our soul our hearts all of those things so we've been doing that starting last year we usually have anywhere from 40 to 80 women that are coming out each month and so that's my other way that I can can give back and continue to build um, a strong community of women that sounds incredible <laughs> Um, so, you know, it's really I bet I bet it is incredible. <laughs> so, you know, I think I have one final question to you, and it's kind of the question that we keep consistent through all of our guests. And really, it's like if you were going back maybe to, you know, the young version of yourself starting that dog business or or a point in time, um, what kind of advice would you give to yourself? What what would you say? Mm, I think I would say don't be afraid to be you. Uh, don't be afraid to be you. Don't be afraid to be bold. Don't make yourself smaller. Don't silence yourself because you're trying to appease other people. Um, be you because that, that person is so incredibly unique, special, important, 
um, I think that's really something that I'm still, um, even at this point, still always mindful of and thinking about um, being me, um, being me fully, stepping into um, everything that I do, really representing me truly and authentically. So that would be my, my piece of advice. Great. Well, Rhiannon, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time today to be with us. And uh, it's just been incredible chatting with you. Thank you so much and good luck to you. What an incredible project. I'm so excited to listen to all the episodes and, and hear all the stories of these incredible women that you've gathered together. So hats off to you. <laughs> Run It Like a Girl is hosted by Bonnie Moak. Brian Long is the producer. Web design and technical assistance provided by Dan Moak. And music courtesy of the talented Brooklyn Gillichuk. On the next episode of Run It Like a Girl, Orlena Kane is the co-host of a popular morning radio show in Belleville, Ontario. She's also a budding stand-up comic, author, and entrepreneur. But things weren't so rosy for Orlena while growing up. Hear her incredible story of perseverance and determination on the next episode of Run It Like a Girl.